Once more, we're going to look at the Noahide laws and we're going to separate fact from fiction. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, welcome, friends, to The Line of Fire. This is Michael Brown coming away live from Oklahoma City. If you're watching online, it is audio only. Everyone listening on radio, all is the same. Any Jewish-related questions of any kind, Hebrew-related, related to Judaism, related to Israel, the elections in Israel, the high holidays coming up, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884 is the number to call. Some updates on the election situation in Israel, nothing really major to report on that. The biblical Feast of Trumpets, which begins the series of High Holy Days on the first day of the seventh month of the biblical calendar, that starts Sunday night. That's followed 10 days later by Day of Atonement, five days after that, Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, But in traditional Judaism, this is the traditional New Year, not the time for feasting and celebration, but searching of heart and repenting before God. We'll talk about that briefly as well. Again, 866-348-7884. Any Jewish-related question of any kind, you may be a Jewish listener and you do not believe in Jesus and think it's wrong for a Jew to believe in Jesus— By all means, if you'd like to talk with me, ask me a question or share your viewpoint, love to hear from you. All right. So uh, months back, as I was getting calls from Christians saying, is it true that the Noahide laws are going to be passed worldwide and Christians are going to be beheaded? I debunked this in the strongest possible terms, wondering where in the world this notion was coming from. And since then, We've been flooded with people attacking me over it, saying that and saying I'm lying or I work, I'm a a Mossad agent or I'm I'm trying to seduce the church into Judaism. I'm not a really a real follower of Jesus. And the thing that's scary to me, whether it's a conspiratorial theorist with the government or someone else who holds to a particular belief or theory is when their belief in the theory is so strong that they will now come up with complete bizarre things about other people. You know, for example, if you said, well, this person was not there at that event, you go, no, no, there they were. Here's the video, here's the the still shots, and they were there, and their cell phone records say GPS, they were there. No, 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 that's just all photo. No, they're like shapeshifter that just looks like you, and think, wow, you, you really have to go to all kinds of extremes. So here's... What I understand about the Noahide laws, and, and I have been asking for days, I'm going to ask again, if you think I'm wrong, please call me with the evidence. Oh, you plaster the internet with the attacks. Fine, go for it. It's your free world. Do it if you think you're right. But 
call and share the evidence. Now, I'm going to just give brief background to no-hide laws, but some of you say, well, you, Brown, why won't you go on with, with Adam Green or, or Stephen Bendoon because they'll demolish you. I've been trying to get on with them for months. I'll, I'll give you the email exchanges. And then most recently, within a few days, uh, Adam Green posted something, and I said, hey, come on my show. And he said, come on mine. I said, you bet. As long as we have equal time, you bet. Still waiting to hear. We've been trying since, since May, May 1st, reaching out to these gentlemen. All right? So with joy, gladly, if we can have a civil discussion and look at evidence, and if their evidence is, is being misinterpreted as wrong, hopefully they'll stand corrected and their viewers, listeners will. If, if I'm wrong, then I'll stand corrected. Great, let's have the discussion. You say, what are the Noahide laws? Okay. This is something developed by rabbinic tradition, claiming that God gave certain laws to Adam and then supplemented it to Noah. So Genesis 2 and Genesis 9. These were basic laws for the entire human race. And then the Jewish people, the people of Israel, were given the Torah, so they're responsible for the 613 commandments and the other traditions that developed from there. But the rest of the world, to be righteous, just has to follow these seven laws. You say, well, well what are the seven laws? So prohibitions against idolatry, blasphemy, murder, adultery, robbery, the, the positive command to establish courts of justice, and then after the flood that you can't eat the flesh cut from a living animal. You say, well, where's their evidence that God gave those laws to, to Adam? There isn't. There isn't. That's rabbinic tradition. All right? You say, well, Dr. Brown, do you promote the Noahide laws? No, I promote Jesus. Why would I promote the Noahide laws? I, I want the whole world to believe in Jesus. Jews to believe in Jesus, Gentiles to believe in Jesus. Without Jesus, Yeshua, people are lost. Whether you're Jew, whether you're Gentile, our sins will damn us. We need the Savior, we need the Messiah, we need Jesus. So that's what I promote. Well, why have you flipped on that? I've never flipped on it. I've never promoted it. Why would I promote the Noahide laws? I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a Jewish follower of Jesus. I don't follow traditional Judaism. I don't submit to the authority of the rabbis. I don't, I don't believe in the inspiration of the Talmud. I'm a Jewish follower of Jesus. All right, my wife Nancy is a Jewish follower of Jesus. Our two sons-in-law are Gentile followers of Jesus. We are all one in the Messiah, okay? We are one in Jesus, equal heirs in the Messiah. So what I promote for the whole world is you need salvation through Jesus. So I don't promote the Noahide laws. I'm not part of that movement. Why, why would I be? I'm a gospel preacher, all right, I'm an evangelist to my people, and, and, and we raise up missionaries that go around the world to preach Jesus. We don't preach the Noahide laws, we preach Jesus. Well, it sounds like you cha- I've never changed. I've never, <clears throat> in any case. So this is derived from rabbinic interpretation. But, bottom line, I agree that, that we shouldn't commit idolatry or blaspheme or murder or, or uh, commit adultery or rob. But sh- sure, those are basic commandments. I agree with to the extent that they're biblical, I agree with. So here's the rub. In traditional Judaism, there is a debate about Gentile Christians. For me as a Jew, all right, for me as a Jewish follower of Jesus, I'm considered an idolater by my Jewish people. For me as a Jew, I'm considered an idolater because I believe in God's triunity and I believe in the deity of the Son of God. So I believe that the word took on flesh, that Jesus is fully divine. Therefore, according to a Jew, I'm either making a man into a God or a God into a man. Either way, either way, I am guilty of idolatry 
in traditional Jewish thought, okay? As for Gentiles who believe in the Trinity, there is a debate. There are rabbinic sources that say it's idolatry. There are rabbinic sources that say it's not idolatry. There's debate about that. I have the sources. I have the rabbinic literature, things that I've studied and looked at. The predominant Jew, the, excuse me, the predominant view over the centuries has developed that the majority of rabbinic leaders do not view Gentile Christians as idolaters, all right? They do not view them as idolaters. Uh, very, very religious Jews, many of them still would. It's an ongoing debate in Judaism. But over time, the predominant view has been that the idolatry that the Talmud was against was the idolatry of bowing down to wood and stones and that Christians are monotheists. But there are Jews to this day who believe Gentile Christians who worship Jesus as God, who worship God as Trinity, are guilty of idolatry. There is still that belief among sectors of Judaism. So the argument is that there is a movement to make the seven laws of Noah universal for all mankind, and once they're made universal for all mankind, then Christians will be considered idolaters, and under the seven laws of Noah, they will be beheaded, and Christians should be in a panic over that. That is what I categorically reject. You say, why? There are traditional Jews who believe that Christians are idol worshipers under the seven laws of Noah, and idol worshippers should be beheaded. Why are you not in a panic over that? Number one, believers are being beheaded right now by Muslim extremists and others. That has been happening and continues to happen. That is the present threat and danger. That's number one. Number two, I see no scenario whereby traditional Jews will have world authority and the ability to go around beheading people. All right, that's number two. Number three, those who are most aggressively promoting the seven laws of Noah and have worldwide movements with that do not believe Christians are idolaters. And they say this is a great way to bring Jews, Christians, and Muslims together for common moral purposes. And number four, the traditional Jews that want to see the seven laws of Noah enforced worldwide and who believe Christians are idolaters do not believe that you will have the death penalty until the Messianic era. All right? So... This is not some present issue or present threat for quite a number of reasons. And if, in fact, if, in fact, it was an issue, I'd shout it from the rooftops. So here's, here's just to give you a, a little taste when we address this. Do you want to know how crazy it is out there, friends? And I'm sounding the alarm about craziness, about hysteria. If folks believe they have evidence, facts, present them, please. All right. Uh, here's a, in response to my video about why I'm not responding to the charismatic critics anymore. Because you're in bed with the deep state, because you flip-flopped on Noahide laws that are not toward their plan is to kill all Christians. So every, every part of that sentence is, is a lie. In bed with the deep state. I don't even know how to contact the deep state, let alone be in bed with it. Flip-flopped on Noah, never flip-flopped. And, and there is not a Jewish plan right now circulating to kill all Christians. And then somebody posts this um, in response to our video on what are the Noahide laws. This happened, we recorded this months ago, just happened to post recently, the puppet of Zionism. What a blasphemy and conspiracy against a real scam of Zionists. And in here, just, just comments responding to the video. He lied. 
speaking of me, as he said in another video that he never heard of the Noahide laws growing up. This guy's in business to promote Judaism by a back door. Every, every line in that, a fellow named Daniel posted it, is a lie, is falser. And yeah, I never heard of the Noahide laws growing up. I was not in a religious Jewish home. Why would I have heard of them? Think that, that was a topic of conversation as we sat around the table? What are the Gentiles supposed to do who don't have the Torah and don't have our traditions from Mount Sinai? It's not a traditional I was shooting heroin at the age of 15. Come on, it's not a traditional Jew. You say you were bar mitzvah. Yeah, we learned enough Hebrew to chant a portion of, of the scriptures. We learned some Jewish history. It's probably didn't learn about Noah. If we ever learned it, I didn't know it. This <clears throat> guy's in business to promote Judaism by a back to What are people think? God help God help the conspiracy theorists. Here, I project this video will be taken down due to all the opposition. We know you're either foolish or lying. Now it's clear you're really lying. God help these folks. May the Lord's truth prevail and set these poor folks free from their deception. We'll be right back. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, friends, to the Line of Fire. It is Thirdly Jewish Thursday. I'm going to go to the phones in a moment, but for those who say, well, why won't you talk to Stephen Ben Noon or Adam Green or some of the others who differ with me on the Noahide laws? Again, like to, glad to. So my assistant Dylan submitted an invitation to Adam Green May 1st, uh, asking him to come on my show. He suggests I'll do it May 1st. May 3rd, he proposed a date and then uh, said couldn't do it at that date, but recommended Stephen, saying they've already thoroughly refuted your claims about Noahide laws and you can't call them anti-Semitic. May 7th, Dylan told Adam we invited Stephen on the show, offered to go on his, but never heard back. Also mentioned that I was aware of Stephen's arguments. May 7th, he said, if you can't concede Stephen's refutation, what's the point of debating me? My arguments are essentially the same. May 8th, Dylan sent him a link to my refutation of their arguments and said maybe I'm misunderstanding something. But why would Dr. Brown want to debate you if he was simply going to concede their or your points? It's because Dr. Brown has responses to their alleged refutation that he'd like to bring you on the air to discuss things. Again, we've had a lot of people commenting on YouTube asking us to have you on the air. That's why we're reaching out. I'm not sure why you initially agreed to come on the air and now seem to be changing your mind simply because Dr. Brown disagrees with your position. Isn't that all the more reason to come on the air and have a civil discussion? May 9th, Adam responded. I replied with Stephen Copy. I look forward to watching him hold Brown accountable for his lies. There's more truth to Santa Claus than Noahide laws. Yes, yeah, so I said there's more truth to Santa Claus than the idea that, that Jews around the world are going to start something to behead Christians worldwide. Exactly. So this, I'm just giving you the facts of what's happened with reaching out. So May 9th, Dylan responded to Stephen saying it was great to finally be connected. We heard he had been trying to reach us. And what happened was uh, Stephen had written to us, uh, tried to contact us immediately, and somehow we didn't get right back to him. So we apologized. So we appreciated Stephen reaching out. And then Dylan said this, Dr. Brown will gladly join you on your YouTube channel or you're more than welcome to join him on his radio show. 
goes on with all those details. May 9th, Stephen said, I called your office the very same day he was told to email your office, which we did. So we looked it up, said, yep, we checked. Somehow didn't get the information passed on immediately. May 10th, Stephen wrote back, Dylan, thanks for writing. I'm traveling for conference this weekend. I'll touch base with you about midweek. Next week, Shalom, Stephen. So uh, Dylan followed up May 16th. Sounds good. Looking forward to hearing from you after not hearing that previous week. Uh, still waiting. So that's from May. So I, I'm sure Stephen's busy, Adam's busy, etc. But since Adam asked me to come on his show a few days ago, and I said yes, as long as I get equal time, so we can go back and forth. And Stephen, you come on my show, I'll come on yours. As long as we have a civil discussion, let's get the facts out. I've got nothing to cover up, hide up. All I want is truth. All right? That's all I want. Truth, simple truth. 866-34-TRUTH. <laughs> God help these folks. Pontifex Magnanimous on YouTube. Do your own research. Trust only Jesus. Brown is working for God's enemy. Sir, that post is from God's enemy because Satan is the father of lies. And you just lied publicly. I've done my own research, and I differ with the other folks' conclusions. And I do trust only Jesus. That's why I speak the truth. But you see, the deal is, folks post this, but they won't call. They won't call. I'm not, I'm not talking about Adam or Steve or whatever reason they haven't had me on their shows or come online. That's, we'll find out, okay? I still try to pursue it. But when I, when I, this is history for years. When I invite critics to call, they don't call, and then they'll blast from the shadows or they will put out lengthy videos. Like You have at it, and if you want to influence your audience, but the day we stand before God, and this is what always gives me confidence. Everything is going to come to light. Everything is going to come to light. And let me say this again. You can differ with me, but don't call me a liar. If I tell you something, I'm telling you the truth. You may think I'm stupid, a fool, misinformed, but I'm telling you the truth. I am not making things up. In any case, I, I address this Noahide Law issue simply because our video on it happened to post, and which videos post when, I don't, I don't interact with that. Our team just has videos, lots of Q&As we've done. They post them at certain times because of the fresh uproar over this and people getting all up in arms about it. I've, read the, I've gone to the sites. I've read the arguments. I just see no, nothing under any circumstance has answered any of my concerns or given me any information contrary to what I understand and believe. All right, uh, let us go to Amy in Colorado. Thanks for calling the line of fire. Hey, Amy. Hi, Dr. Brown. I really appreciate you. I Thank did you. share your, um, your post on YouTube, Love One Another, because it was amazing. Oh, sweet. Thank you. I wanted to ask you a couple of things. This is coming from a group that I ran into in prayer. Um, they post things like, Israel is a terrorist nation. And when I say that we are called to pray for Israel, they ask, which Israel? Um, they also believe um, that we Christians are to be Torah compliant and that he's bringing the sticks of Judah and Joseph together. The Jews have the Torah, but not the Messiah. The Christians have the Messiah, but not the Torah. And this is a new stick. So I'm asking for your insight and your input. This sounds very wrong to me as I study the actual word of, of God. 
Yeah, it's it's wrong on, on all fronts. First, the idea that Israel is a terrorist nation is, is terribly wrong. Israel is surrounded by hostile enemies, and Israel would have had a two-state solution in 1948 had Palestinian leadership agreed to it. They would have had one 10 years earlier, even more generous to the, to the local Arabs and Muslims had they agreed to it. Israel's been a, in a fight for its life, and when Israel does wrong, like any other nation, Israel should be held accountable. But the idea that, that Gentile Christians are called to observe the Sinai Covenant is totally wrong. Paul strenuously fought that with Gentile believers. For a Jewish believer to say, hey, we're Jews, we continue to live as Jews as we follow Jesus, we follow the Seventh-day Sabbath and the biblical calendar, all as it points to Jesus, Yeshua, well, praise God. And if a Gentile Christian says, you know, I'm, I'm more at home with the biblical calendar than later Christian traditions, that's fine. But the idea that, that under the new and better covenant that Gentile Christians say are required to keep the dietary laws or, are, or if you're going to say Torah compliant, then if you have a disobedient, rebellious teenager that uh, continues to, to act like that, then you stone that one to death. No, that's, that's a complete misnomer. And the, the followers of Jesus Yeshua have the Messiah, and that's what Jew and Gentile need. So this is just another out there group, uh, a strange group with bizarre beliefs that uh, are cult-like in that they will claim to be the only ones who are right and, and reject others in the process. And that's part of their proof that, you know, look, we're the holy remnant. So I just pray for folks like that and avoid an argument because 99 uh, percentage, 99 of 100 times, there's not the slightest openness to hear the truth at all. Thank you very much. That sounds right on. All right. You are very welcome, Amy. God bless you. Thank you. 866-34-TRUTH. Let's go to Jay in Idaho. Thanks for calling the line of fire. Thank you very much. Hello, Jay. You're on the air. Go ahead. Um, so I had a question. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Sorry. Um, so I had a question here, um, kind of a little bit uh, long in the explanation. Um, I'll try and make it as short as I can. But basically, I had been a big fan of Stephen Benoons for quite a long time. And as a result, have kind of seen his, his evolution here into being, you know, anti-Chabad and anti-Noahide and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, back in 2014 and 15 and 16, um, he used to be very big on the Catholic Church as like a, a watchdog, if you will, against the Catholic Church because of a lot of really strange and, you know, kind of prophetic-sounding things that would go on uh, with the Vatican, you know, with them wanting to recognize Palestine, and they wanted to do all this other kind of, you know, stuff, and I don't want to get too much into the details, but I'm sure some of it you're aware of. Um, but he started getting involved with these, you know, Michael Jones characters and Adam Green. Who do, I mean, I've done videos refuting Adam Green. He refuses to acknowledge them, even though he's actually watched them. He's not somebody I would deal with personally. You've obviously dealt with Michael Jones. He's also incredibly dishonest. I don't think Stephen Benoon is, so I do want to defend him in a little bit there, but I, I do think, you know, he gets a little bit of this mentality influenced from other people, but there is a little bit of truth to it. And I was wondering if you might respond to this, because it is a little bit of truth. It's not great truth, you know, this Noahide going to take over the world and tell all the Christians things. But we do see, you know, Netanyahu capitulating to persecution, not just of Messianics, but of Ethiopian Jews and Karaites, and 
you know, we even see like President Shimon Peres in 2014 went to Pope Francis and asked if we could have a United Nations of Religions that the Pope could head, which sounds like really weird and culty, but it's something that is mainstream news, right? You, I never got that from a, a Breibart or a, or a Infowars or anything like that. Pretty sure it was actually the Jerusalem Post. And I was just wondering, is there something to be said about more of the secular Jewish involvement being kind of influenced by some of the more not-so-savory elements of Kabbalistic and Orthodox Judaism in wanting to have these, you know, these globalistic religious unions yeah. and persecuting Masonics and Karaites and things like that. All right. Yeah, so we are, we are right up against a break here, Jay. So I'm going to answer in full on the other side of the break. But let me just say this. I don't know Stephen at all. I, I've never heard of him until some of these recent things happened. I don't mean that he doesn't have a good following or anything. Didn't know him at all. Didn't know Adam Green at all. And all I'm trying to do is, okay, here's where we are. Let's just focus on this one particular issue. But there are some serious concerns you raise. I'll come back to it. God of light, hear our cry. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thank you for joining us on Thoroughly Jewish Thursday. Michael Brown coming away live from Oklahoma City. We are audio only in case you're watching on our Facebook or YouTube live feed. Any Jewish-related questions, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. In Oklahoma City for a great convergence conference led by Dr. Stam Storms, Dr. and Pastor Stam Storms. Uh, other speakers will be Jack Deere, Andrew Wilson, Matt Chandler, Chris Glean Kane, and yours truly. Before the break, Jay from Idaho was asking about uh, what about some more secular Jews calling for kind of a convocation of world religions coming together or all religions or, or the monotheistic faiths uniting around the seven laws of Noah. Is there influence maybe from religious Jews and are these religious Jews a threat to persecute believers or people who are different within the land? So first let me say that when it comes to religious Jews in Israel, yes, Messianic Jews are definitely in danger of persecution that's one reason I do not like the coalition that Prime Minister Netanyahu is trying to bring about, which would give disproportionate power to Shas and United Torah Judaism. Understand this. If I was in Israel as a well-known Messianic Jew and an apologist and a missionary, I would be considered a serious enemy. There's no question about it. Uh, we've had friends uh, harassed in different ways friends uh, who uh, the ultra-Orthodox tried to get kicked out of the country because they were believers, others they wouldn't let come into the country because they were believers. And there have been uh, acts of violence, firebombing of a Messianic congregational building years ago, harassing, uh, standing outside of someone's house for hours and hours, singing and chanting to just try to intimidate and, and the police letting it happen. Uh, do I expect that before Jesus returns, that there will be the same thing that we saw in the book of Acts, say like with Stephen being killed, 
by a crowd of religious Jews. Yeah, I, I believe that's going to happen. I believe in Israel that just like we saw in the Gospels and Acts, that we're going to see that before Yeshua returns. Uh, I know Karaite Jews have a lot of obstacles to overcome if they're trying to come in from other countries to Israel, uh, issues to overcome. And of course, Ethiopian Jews have suffered some level of, of uh, discrimination. Then, of course, there's the nation outraged over that. Uh, but yeah, so, so I, I do expect that. Uh, I have been called for decades public enemy number one by some religious Jews. And no, no question that there would be opposition and that some might decide to take the law into their own hands. Look, there is, there is a, a, a crazed religious Jew years ago uh, went to uh, uh, Jack Yaakov title, went to the home of a Messianic Jewish pastor and delivered a special gift for Purim and, you know, beautiful gift and all this. And the 15-year-old, you know, he left and then the 15-year-old opened it up and it blew up. He miraculously survived Ami Ortiz, but that was a, that was a ultra-Orthodox Jew involved with that. So these, these things do happen. There are fanatics who will seek to take the, war, the law into their own hands. But that being said, Jay, everything I understand about the more secular push or the more universal push for coming together or laws of Noah, that is much more of an idealistic where the, the brotherhood of man mentality, I see it as totally separate from the ultra-Orthodox mentality. And those religious Jews who are really encouraging participation in the seven laws of Noah with Christians and Jews, it's because they don't view the Christians as idolaters. Uh, you know, I, I was interacting with one Orthodox Jew who has a whole foundation uh, pushing for the Noahide laws, thinking it's the best thing that, that we can have to, to combat the immorality and godlessness of the world. So let Christianity, Judaism, and Islam come together as one in terms of following these moral laws. Of course, I don't, I don't support that. But I, he said, it's where are people getting this idea that Christians are going to be beheaded? It's totally crazy. He had no clue where it was coming from. Then I, I looked into one of the other best-known proponents who's written the most on it, an Australian rabbi, and he is for the brotherhood of Christians, Jews, and Muslims around our common faith in one God. That's their view. Again, not my view, but their view. So I see them as two separate issues, but issues worthy of, of, uh, of concern. One, in terms of uh, taking away the distinctive of us preaching Jesus to everyone, and the other within the land, the danger of too much ultra-Orthodox power. That's something I have real concerns about. But thank you for asking, sir. Does that answer your questions? Well, so it, it does, but I, there is a, just one brief question that I would kind of have as a follow-up, if I may. Yeah. Um, so... And this is more in regards to the secondary one of, of the, the sort of globalistic religious push. Um, I personally, I'll just give you a little bit of background. I'm personally a believer that the Vatican is the beast of, the Revol of Revelation. I think a whore is very um, indicative of a fallen church or in the Old Testament fallen Israel, and, the, and there's other reasons for that. Um, and I also think there are certain aspects of Catholicism that are just inherently conspiratorial. The word Catholic, of course, means universal, meaning we are the one true church. That's, that's just a belief they, of course, would all have. Um, not to say that all of them are conspiratorial or anything like that, or even that all of the clergy are conspiratorial or anything like that. Definitely not what I'm saying. But Pope Francis has seemingly fulfilled a lot of that idea in a lot of people who think that the Vatican is the beast's right mind because of his push towards uniting right. these religions and such. Um, 
And Shimon Perez was a really big part of that. And I, I personally believe that that, in conjuncture with these bad influences, is actually what has unfortunately got Stephen Benoon on the trail that he's on. And I hope he actually moves away from it because it's dangerous, in my opinion. But nonetheless. Um, right. But, but here, here, here's the key thing, because I just want to keep our focus. And, and again, I, I don't I don't know Stephen at all. And I, I'd love to speak with him, have him on my show, go on his and and, and have an intelligent discussion uh, about the issues. I believe that would be his desire as as well. But what is there the possibility of a false one world religion? You bet. Absolutely. Could Catholicism unite with others? We come together as one faith and worshiping the same God. Is that a danger? Absolutely. Could wrong political things come out of that? Sure. But what's not going to come out of that is that Christians are beheaded as idolaters because professing Christians are right in the middle of it. What will come out of that is deception, world apostasy, and antichrist or something like that. All right. But anyway, hey, Jay, thank you for the dialogue and the call. I want to get to some other callers, but thank you. 866-34-TRUTH. Let's go to Ariel in Fort Myers, Florida. Welcome to the line of fire. Thank you. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you, sir. Um, my question is in regards to um, Revel- or Matthew twenty four twenty, and well, just the whole Matthew, the apocalyptic, you know, the end time scenario. Do you believe that that there will be a a body of Judaism that has a control in the in the Antichrist time, or or or, and will they, you know, because it said like like the the, the prophecy says in, in there that the, you know, pray that your flight not be on on uh, in winter nor on the sabbath day so yeah. is there is there like going to be some control at that point i okay some would just say that applied to the first destruction of the second temple in the first century and that's what that was in reference to but i i believe we'll see a parallel of that at the end of the age i personally i'm not dogmatic on it but i do in other words i i would expect that before yeshua returns that there would be an increase of orthodox power within Israel. So just as right now in Jerusalem, that Sabbath laws are enforced and all public transportation is shut down and restaurants are shut down and things like that, that uh, as long as the religious have more power, more control, more authority, it doesn't have to be that they have a full functioning Sanhedrin. There's been a reinstitution of a Sanhedrin, but most of the Jewish world doesn't doesn't look to it in any way but right now we just see if you can have the orthodox party so between shas and united Torah judaism they have 17 seats out of 120 right so so that's not even one in six but if they make a coalition with likud somehow if they can swing something and and ended up getting yisrael betenu in which i don't think is going to happen and, and ended up with a coalition government then they would have disproportionate power and, and the day could easily come, especially with the ultra-Orthodox population growing as rapidly as it is, that they would have more and more power and basically say, hey, Sabbath laws are what they are, and you can't travel and no public transportation, and you can't drive and so on, and enforce that. Uh, yes, that could well be a scenario, in my view, at the end of the age. Absolutely. And, and it would be, again, that's why I say it would be kind of a re- recapitulation of what we see in the Gospels and Acts with God moving powerfully, with many Jews coming to faith, and yet great opposition to the Gospel as well. Right. And what, what can I ask you? Would, would, would that relate to the Antichrist and him being 
in control in Jerusalem? Yeah, look, it's so much much speculation. In, In other words, some would say that the Antichrist has to deceive the Jewish people as well, uh, but then at a certain well, he point, a he breaks descent, the covenant. Right? Excuse me? He would have to be of Jewish descent then, right? He would have to be um, ultimately Jewish, right? Whether Zionist or, I mean, whether no, non-religious. Not or, necessarily. Or, or, or not necessarily. No, because, any, look, there, first, it's all speculation. I know people have written on it and studied it. For centuries, we were told it, it's, it's got to be European. And then, you know, Joel Richardson and others have made strong cases for an Islamic Antichrist. And others have said, no, it has to be Jewish. Uh, I, I'm reading the same Bible as you are, sir. I've been reading it almost 50 years. And I honestly do not know if the Antichrist will be a Jew, a Muslim, a Catholic, uh, just some secular world leader. I don't know. Uh, my eyes are, are fixed on looking for Jesus, knowing, though, that before he comes, all hell will break loose on the earth. So... Can't say, sir. Uh, look, we we just had a previous caller explain why he sees Catholicism is tied in with the Antichrist. So, in other words, you're, you're going to have different views on this. And if the Bible was clearer, I take a, a stand more clearly. But I don't I don't see that. But thank you, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Eight six six three four truth. Uh, all right, tell you what, Tussie, you're next. Then we'll go to our friend Jerichiah and then Jamila. And we'll see if we can get to some other calls on the other side of the break. Stand with us. Hold our hands up as we reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We have added benefits for our torchbearers, our monthly supporters, those who help us with $1 or more per month, so $30 or more U.S. dollars per month. We pour back into you in so many different ways and and get special resources to you that are not available to others. Just our way of sewing back, sewing back, thanking you. Join our support team. We are making headway. Jewish people are coming to faith in Jesus. Go to askdrbrown.org, askdrbrown.org. Click on Donate and become a monthly supporter. Thank you. It's The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, welcome to our Thursday Jewish Thursday broadcast. Don't forget, well, it's it's September 26th already. May is going to be here before you know it. We've got one bus full. We're only filling one more bus for our Israel tour in May of 2020. Now is the time to sign up. We call it Holy Fire in the Holy Land because you get the whole amazing tour. You get on the ground into incredible sites with incredible tour guides and eye-opening information. And then where I can supplement with key teaching and ministry, we do that at key places. But then at night, we do something together. Not only having meals together, but then I'll do a Q&A or I'll share the word or we'll do a live radio show or we'll have a special guest come in or a time of worship so that every night that you want to participate, we've got something going on. So I get to pour into you and minister as well as the full benefit of an extraordinary tour. So it's right on our homepage, askdrbrown.org. 
right on the homepage. You'll see the info. All right, we go to Tussie in Stanford, Connecticut. Welcome to the line of fire. Hello, Dr. Brown. Thank you very much. Uh, I would like to thank you so much. Uh, I've been a follower since I got served in 2014, and your work has been very helpful for me to understand the scriptures. I thank have you. two questions. I've got two questions. Though. First is, why did God give us the Torah? And the second one is, are Christian traditions on par with the Torah? Okay, thank you for the question, sir. Number one, God gave the Torah to Israel to separate Israel from the nations and to have a people through whom the Messiah would come so that he could be welcomed into the world and there would be a people who had an understanding of God, of holiness, of sin, of atonement, of redemption, who could then take that message and share it with the rest of the world. So that's one reason God gave Torah to Israel. He also gave Torah to Israel to shut the mouths of all human beings, Jew and Gentile alike, to show our guilt, to show us that none of us could be righteous by keeping his laws, and to prepare the whole world for a Savior, to help us to recognize our need for a Savior. So it had a twofold purpose, one to prepare Israel for the coming of the Messiah and to have a people ready to make him known, two, to expose the guilt of the human race, both Jew and Gentile. As far as Christian traditions, no, there, no Christian tradition is on a par with the written word of God. It may be beautiful, it may be edifying, it may be worthwhile. Uh, every church, every congregation on the planet follows some kind of tradition that's not explicitly written in the Bible. But the traditions are always secondary to it and must be tested by it. Now, the Torah was given to Israel for a unique purpose. And for example, Christians are not obligated to keep the biblical calendar. And if a Christian finds a certain Christian tradition, you know, Lent or something, or some tradition of, of fasting or prayer or whatever, and they find it to be helpful in their own growth in God and their own walk with the Lord, and it doesn't contradict Scripture, fine. But if it contradicts Scripture, contradicts the spirit of Scripture, then we put tradition aside, whether it's a Jewish tradition or a Christian tradition, and we follow the Word of God. Okay, thank you so much. But um, so isn't it necessary then for Christians who are now, we have now been grafted into Israel to be encouraged to keep the Torah? Uh, no, sir, because we are under a new and better covenant. As, as Hebrews 7 explains, there had to be a change in the Torah. The priest that we follow is not the Levitical high priest, but the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. We don't need blood sacrifices anymore. Paul warns in Colossians, the third chapter, and says, don't let anyone judge you over a new moon or a Sabbath. Remember, the Sabbath is only a shadow. The substance is in the Messiah. So now that the Messiah has come, we are under a new and better covenant. And Paul strenuously warned Gentile Christians about feeling the need to observe the Sinai covenant as if that would add to their, their holiness or add to their justification. So, no, that, that was given to Israel for a purpose. I would I really encourage you to look at what Paul writes in Galatians 3, that the, the Torah was a tutor a schoolmaster to bring us to the Messiah. Now that we've come to him, 
We're no longer under that schoolmaster. Look at it like this, sir. And, and thank you so much for the kind words. I, I appreciate that we've been uh, a blessing and a help to you. Look at it that the Torah in many ways is like scaffolding for a building. And then once the building is up, you don't need the scaffolding anymore. So the moral requirements of the law are written on our hearts. And that we follow. And that's what's reiterated in the New Testament, the moral purity and godliness of character that we're called to. But a specific day or holy day or dietary law, why are you going to keep those but not the blood sacrifices? Why are you going to keep those but not stoning an adulterer to death? Why are you going to keep those and, and not laws that, that allow for polygamy? So uh, we're not under the Sinai covenant, but under a new and better covenant. So I would encourage you, sir, to look at what the New Testament emphasizes, to look at what's emphasized in the letters, to look at what Jesus emphasized, and to put that emphasis in your, in your own life. But thank you, sir, for the call. Much appreciated. 866 Three, four, truth. Uh, we go to Jamila in Pennsylvania. Welcome to the line of fire. Um, hi, good afternoon, Dr. Brown. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes, I uh, can. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, go yes. ahead. Um, my question is about um, Keturah, um, Abraham's concubine. It says um, in Genesis 25-1, um, Abraham yeah. went and took a wife. Her name was Katora. I always wanted to know what happened to her and her, well, basically her descendants, because everybody, um, most, you know, everybody always talks about um, Princess um, Sarah and um, Hagar. So we know, we know um, our Messiah comes from, you know, Isaac and um, the other family ishmael but where is where where are the descendants of yeah Keturah? so so the only, Keturah, the only reference right. yeah that's it that's it you've got it that the sons of Keturah, first chronicles 132 abraham's concubine she brought zimran yokshan midan mishach ishbak and shua and then their sons uh including midian and the sons of midian so the, the ones that we can best trace are, are the Midianites uh, who were tied in uh, somewhat with the, with the Ishmaelites in some of the later accounts, uh, but they end up being enemies of, of Israel. You know, for example, in Judges, the sixth chapter, the Midianites are, are oppressing the oh. people. So, yeah, but that's, that's all we know. Uh, you know, if you ever read, oh, no, no, we found out more or something like that. No, that's, that's just somebody's tradition. But all we know is the, the references in Genesis and the references in First Chronicles. That's all the factual right. information we have. So it's a curiosity, but that's all the info we got. Okay. Um, just one more question. In the yeah. book of Revelation, when they, um, they, he's talking about the, the synagogue of I Know You, the one that they say they are Jews, but they're not, the synagogue mm -hmm. of Satan. And I'm yep. saying this in true love. I thinking this is just an opinion are these the people that are saying that they're jews like the hebrew israelites like those um, people maybe the people right right so there, the, there's two the ways people? of yeah there's two ways of looking at that and i and i've responded to it to it um uh many a time 
it's either talking about Jews who are actually Jews, you know, ethnically Jews, but they were not acting like Jews. They were opposing the gospel of the Messiah and trying to stop Gentiles from preaching. Therefore, Jesus says, you're not really Jews. You're a synagogue of Satan. It'd be like a woman married to a guy he's completely irresponsible, and she looks at him and says, you're not my husband. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. Well, she doesn't mean literally not her husband, but not acting like. So that's one way that Jewish people not acting as Jews should because they're opposing the Messiah. But the other is exactly what you're saying. They claim to be Jews, but they weren't. Just like the Hebrew Israelites, black Hebrew Israelites, claim to be Israelites, and, and they're not. At least the vast majority of them are, are not descended from Israel. Uh, some other group, some white supremacist group, claims we're the real Israel, and, and they're not. All right? So, yeah, it could well be a group in Jesus' day that claimed to be Jews, and they weren't. They weren't. Just like earlier in the chapter in Revelation 2, Jesus talks about the church in Ephesus. They tested those who claimed to be apostles and were not, and were found out to be liars, imposters. So it could well be the case. But the misuse of that is to say that all Jews around the world who are not followers of Jesus are not really Jews around the synagogue of Satan. That's the misuse of the passage. And that was not the Messiah's point. Hey, thank you very much for the call. Hey, we are out of time. I'm just looking at those on the board here. If you call tomorrow, I'll try to get you first in line. And uh, so in Israel, Netanyahu, because of his higher number of recommendations, 55 versus 54, uh, has been charged first with putting together a coalition government and saying to blue and white, come on, let's have a real unity government. But still, how that's going to happen, Netanyahu was prime minister first, and then Benny Gantz second. It's still very, very difficult to figure out what's going to happen. Back with you tomorrow.